on page Kuftes. Kuftes. We're coming back to the simplest thing in all of Yiddishkeit and the hardest thing in all of Yiddishkeit. Yaakov Avinu, there are many things that the Torah could have said about Yaakov Avinu, to praise Yaakov Avinu. And the, and the one thing that the Torah says about Yaakov Avinu is Ishtam. Tamimus, the need of Tamimus, Ishtam, which we spoke already about two prokim ago, the need of Tamimus. And now we return to it, we come back to it in a simpler way, in a very straightforward way, after learning what we've been learning, as Hashem. There's really no good English word for Tamimus. The different attempts made to translate it. It's one of those things that because of what it is, it can't be translated because of what Tamimus is. It's not because we don't have a lot of words in English that you can match up with Hebrew words. There are a lot of words in English. But Tamimus is, is, is a specifically Jewish reality that cannot be explained in any other language properly. And we've learned a little bit about it, but now we're going to go. Lamaisa, what is it? It's on page Kuftes. First, the author of Schwartz is telling us to be careful. There are many things that we hear that are divah hisairus. That are divah hisairus. From time to time, he he writes about this in his svarim. Hisairus. Everybody wants to be inspired. Hisairus means inspiration. There are certain types of Tyra stories, other things that they bring to his iris. They inspire. A person is inspired to seek more closeness to Hashem. But very often, as you and I know, that Hisarius doesn't necessarily lead to anything practical or real. Hisarius is a gewaldige thing. It's a good thing. It's a very chashiva thing. But what will come from Hisarius? Hisarius is not only with Tyre. Hisarius could be from a nigim. Hisarius could be from a simcha. Hisarius could be from, God forbid, the opposite of a simcha, something that was terrible, God forbid. Person has his iris, some sort of an, an inspiration, an awakening. But from that, one doesn't build one's life. It helps to, it helps to give a zap to one's avayda. It helps to jumpstart something, but it very rarely can be depended upon for a binyan to build a person's day-to-day avayda Hashem. Iris is wonderful, but you can't count on it. It's a good thing, but you can't count on it. Hadvarma namarim kan enimbegeda dvarm veinimbegeda hisayrus. What we're learning now, Rav Schwartz is saying, I'm trying to learn something with you. That means us. That is not stam some dvarm, and it's not hisayrus. It shouldn't be taken as uh, a quick fix for some inspiration, which doesn't mean we can't find it inspiring. Everything in Torah is inspiring. But the Tachlis here is not his service. We're not talking about something that, that, that is for uh, uh, that type of inspiration, but rather we're talking about the actual Metzias of creation and the Atzmius Nefesh Adam. We're talking about this, the actual soul of a person. There are certain foods that a person eats, and those foods are the tyrus his iris. 
what does that mean? It means an ice cream, a piece of some special cake, or whatever. It's it's more his iris. It's not something which is what you are and who you are and what your body needs to exist. It doesn't build you up as a human being, but it's it's nice. And it's, his iris gives you a good, enjoyable feeling and taste. That's not the atzmis of the body. As a matter of fact, the body makes very little use of that uh, piece of cake uh, or that ice cream, whatever it is, of the nash. The body makes very little use of it, and there's no binion that comes from that. Oftentimes, dafka, those things that, that don't taste particularly good are not as delicious, but it's the atzmius of the person. If somebody... If somebody would say, my, one, of, uh, one of my kids was just talking the other day about how she remembers years ago she was going to one of these nutrition things, you know, they, you pay a lot of money to have somebody else weigh you instead of doing it yourself for free. But that gets you to feel embarrassed enough to, you know, if you have to look at this person, you feel embarrassed, so you pay all this money and the person weighs you and tells you, you know, something either very good is going on or something not good is going on. And you pay money for that. So, so um, my daughter was saying that that she was very frustrated by the diet that was there, and uh, and she was looking for something. She was looking for something else that she could have. The diet was very, very limited. So the lady said, and she imitated a very funny way. I can't do that, but she did a very funny imitation. She she said, "Well, honey, you just you could have as much water as you like." <laughs> and I said, "As much water." And we were all laughing the way she said it, like a serious thing. You could have as much water as you like. That's something which is very inspirational to have as much water as you like. You know, even if it's a ten-dollar bottle of water, it doesn't um, it doesn't really excite a person to have some water. But lamaisa, that's like 98% of the body or something. But the chiyas of a person is, the chiyas of a person is water. But still, if the person would have said, if the, if the lady would have said, uh, you could have, you could have one bowl of French fries a day, or something like that, would have been not bad. I mean, that's what I was waiting to hear, <laughs> or, or something, a piece of, you know, a, a Danish or something, and hisayrus. But it's not the, the Danish is hysteria, but it's not the atzmius of a person's body. The water is the atzmius of a person's body. But you have to be very mature to understand and to make that chilik and to and to know that there are that certainly there are times for a little Danish and there are times for a little ice cream. But that's not the atzmius of a person. And Avaiz Hashem also. Avaiz Hashem too. So I was just talking to a, a very sweet Bachim few minutes ago in the farm and he's starting to learn Chesashasvam he likes this, he likes this, he likes that so I, he didn't want to know like what should he be learning and I was talking to him a little bit and I said, well you know you have to learn Tanya if you want to understand Chesidis you have to learn Tanya but Tanya is is the water it's the bread it's not it's not the same thing as having a look at other Svarm, it's like having a chocolate bar or it's like having some, because it's the hysteria and the excitement and there's something very moving and so on. And Tanya is the atzmius of the Jew is Tanya. Step by step, it's it's the chi, it's the atzmius. It's important to make a chilik and to know what a person's diet is when it comes to Avodah Hashem. Hysteria and binyan, building the person. Atzmius, atzmius means the kishkes, means the person. The Cyrus, it's good. Hashakain, Tsuras Hashmi at Sikhalias Beatsam Nefesh Adam, Mitsad Mahusa. Therefore, the author is asking us to try to listen in a real way. Not to try, not to listen like we would for a, a dessert or piece of cake, or some Hisiris, or some nice little uplifting thing, but to listen. In that way, of the etzim and nefeshadim, as he's asking us to try. 
if the result of what we're learning is that it brings chizik and hisayrus, of course that's a wonderful thing. But I want you to know that's not my intention. It's not my intention that you should have a service from this or chizik. That's not my intention. I'm talking to the atzmis of a person. I'm talking to the essence of a person. You might, the result of that might be something that inspires you also, but that's not, that's not, yes, I'm not interested in that now. That's not what I'm trying to give over. Because my intention here, what we're learning here is not even, it's not a matter of the words that we're learning, but rather, we're going back to what we spoke about months ago. means to restore ourselves, to bring ourselves back to the original matzav of pshitas. That we should live in a way of pshitas. To be able to hear Torah, to hear things, kahavayasa means for what they really are. To hear something for what it really is. Pashit, Pashit as we learned back then means, from the word lahavshit, to take away anything that's not really important, or that's not really, is not really the essence. To get to the core, to get to the essence of something. That's pshitas. Over and over, the morale uses the word pashit, and so and other of the earlier ones use the word pashit when speaking of Hashem's book, that he's pashit. Which, in our modern way of using it, of using that word, would sound very, would sound very uh, sacrilegious. If, you, if, if we translate pashit just as meaning simple, what does it mean that Hashem is simple? Pashit. But in the language of the Rishonim, Shittas is not simple. It means not composed. It means of something else other than itself. Shittas, like the Matzah. It is what it is. It is what it is. There's nothing extraneous. There's nothing that isn't what it is. It is what it is. What it's supposed to be. Every single part of it is doing what it's supposed to do. It's Pashit. Not simple. And that it should, and it should stim, it should fit with the nefesh. That the words should go with the nefesh. You and I hear every single day thousands of words that our that our eyes don't need. You know how many words we hear a day? How many words we speak in a day? I think I once read something like an average is that they made a study of 40,000 words a day. That, I don't know if that's men or women, <laughs> but the average is 40,000. Maybe now that there's texting, it's only like 10 words a day people speak. <laughs> but then it was 40,000 words that people say that an average, I don't know how anybody makes these chashbayinus, but 40,000 words. How many of the words that a person says a day and how many of the words that a person hears a day really, really stim, really fit with the nefesh of the person, really are addressing the atmis of the person, are really speaking to the etzim of who the person is? How many of the words? What percentage? What percentage of the words that a person speaks or hears every day fit with the etzim hanefesh, have anything to do with the etzim of the person. Hi, how you doing? That has to do with etzim. It's friendly. There's nothing wrong with saying it. Atzmius of the nefesh. There were people in the world who spoke that way, the atzmius of the the Kotsky, other people, they spoke like that. The Pinchas of Karaj, the Tzadikim, they were famous for that. Mimeyla kol meniyami b'chutz, Ben Chitzonius Gemura, Ben Chitzonius she bebchines es eres ba'alma, he bebchines miut shel hadavarim. Therefore, Rav Schwartz explains, any obstruction, mi bechutz, 
anything that's preventing a person from hearing the etzim, from absorbing within himself the etzim of what we're learning, the etzim of what the nefesh is and what the nefesh needs, whether it's something that's coming from Chitanis Gemurah, Tadun Arishkai, hearing uh, some silly thing, or even if it's something which is uh, Hisairus, it's Hisairus, it's inspiring, but it doesn't have really, it doesn't really, it doesn't really speak to the etzim of who I am. It's something which gives me, for a moment, a lift, but it doesn't reach into me to who I am. It just, it, it for the moment, it excites the outer realm of my being, like the marshal of the of different types of food. With the candy, it's a momentary hysteria. But the water is a, the water is speaking to the etzim of the person. Rabbi Pinchas Mikaritz, the tzaddik that I just mentioned, who was a Talmud Chaver of the Balsham, he was a student and a, and considered by the Balsham Hakadosh to be a colleague of the Balsham Hakadosh. Tzaddik said, "Olam, Rabbi Pinchas Karitz." Mesuper Shekesh is told Shekshahayim Medaber Lefnei Tzibur Shem Ei Lekchay Hayim Medaber B'Kol Cholish. Listen carefully to this. It's a very hard little story. It's not a story. It's a fact. A little thing. It says that when he used to speak. To, to the Hasidim. He would speak, he wasn't strong, Stami wasn't, and he used to speak in a very low voice, a very weak voice. So it was hard for people to hear. There were no microphones, and, and even if there would have been, mostly it was on Shabbos, it was hard for people to hear. And there, among the Chassidim, there were some young people who mavakshi Hashem. People who were seeking Hashem. Good guys. Shenidchakul is Karav Elov, who were pushing to get closer to the Tzaddik. L'shmoi asadvaram. To hear. They couldn't hear a weak voice. So they're pushing to get closer. Vuhu Amar She'ein I don't know if they heard him. But he said, She'ein Zuhadarach. That's not the way. Why not? Lama. What should they do? Lama. Listen to what Pinchas Karaja says. There's going to be something inside of us that's going to resist this next sentence. And that's usually when something is very true, that's what we do. So he says, Because when there's something that a person is supposed to hear, Wherever he's standing, he'll hear it. There's something that he's not ready to hear. He's not supposed to hear. Gam imyama bekirva sadguf the next page. Ma'oy, even if he's standing, nam is right there physically. He's right there. Tiazu bechina shall loy shamili leisvirli. Even though he might hear it physically, he won't hear it. In other words, it won't make sense to him. He won't hear it. He won't accept it. It won't. It won't. It won't. Uh, it won't be something that he that he's able to really hear. He might hear it physically, but as we say in Yiddish, he won't daher. He won't get it. He won't get it. So that's what Pinchas Karcher says. It's an interesting thing. He said, what are you pushing? If you're supposed to hear this, you'll hear it from where you are. If you're not supposed to hear it, or if you're not ready to hear it, even if you're standing right next to me, you'll be blasting into your ears. You're not going to hear it. Your nefesh, your soul, will not be able to absorb. If it's not for you, and you, if it's not for you, and you're not ready, then even if you hear the words loud and clear, you will not absorb them. And if you are supposed to hear what I'm saying, even if you can't hear physically the words, you can't hear, you'll be, you'll, you'll be able to be clear with them somehow. You'll, you'll be able to receive the words. Almanas sha'adam yishma be'emes in order for a person to truly hear, the midah that a person needs to truly hear what Hashem is saying, to truly hear the Torah. It could be somebody who's very far away, who's very far away from, who is not raised. The Torah misses. 
It's far away. And you could have somebody who's right there all the time. Grew up in the yeshivas. Grew up in the from neighborhood. It's not hearing. The person far away hears. The midah that a person needs to hear is pshitas and tamimas. Pshitas. Aval oz ikah ma'il enirak etzim advar menemar. And by the person who has this midah tamimas, the ikah is never the words themselves. It's not the words. The ikah is not the words. It's not etzim advar. Words are nice. It's not the etzim hadvam hanem marim. It's not just the words. Words are, words are important, but it's not just the words. But the pshitis and the tmimis that a person is able to achieve and to, and to strengthen through what's being spoken. Even if, even if the words themselves are not, are not completely understood, and even if the words themselves don't inspire you at all, but the etzim hadvarim, the etzim hadvarim, and how that reaches in to the person where that midah of pshitas and tamimus is there, and how that could be mechazik the midah of pshitas and tamimus words of Torah that are spoken in a real way, even if there even if there are words that aren't even if the words are not spoken at all. Could be by tzaddik looking at a person. They don't have to necessarily be words. Let's go back now. He takes us back to the first time, the beginning of when things stopped being tamimistic. What happened? Ha'armaharishayna, the first crookedness, the first deception. Shanachna maitzimatayra, that we find in the Torah. He ate Salhanachash. It's of course by the snake. It's the first it's the first <clears throat> non pshitas. It's the first anti tmimas. Everything was Pashit. And then the Torah introduces this snake, this Kayach in, in creation, which is Krum. Which is Krum, crooked. Which has Khajbainas, which says things that are not exactly the way that they're supposed to be, what they are, says. And the snake was was clever, was shrewd. That which Rabbi Nachman said that he couldn't stand, that quality of shrewdness and cleverness, even though Rabbi Nachman was a genius. But he couldn't stand cleverness and shrewdness, which means with a cheshbon. That's the beginning of that's the beginning of the end. The introduction of the Nachash into creation. The same way the Nachash is in such a way crooked. From there, that's the beginning of deception. Orum here, which in Lashnaqadish also means something that is unclothed, means Arma, deception and crookedness. Vadai shezeluma ze also helikim. Certainly, for every negative midah, there's a midah in holiness, because Hashem made this opposite that. Vyeshna gam arma shel kedusha. And there is such thing as a shrewdness, a cleverness in holiness, like we saw in, these, in the parish last week. That Yaakovinu, that Yaakovinu was saying, Chazal tells Yaakovinu said, Esav, you think that you know how to play games? I know how to play better games. And Yaakovinu went in in a way that wasn't straight to get the bracha. So he went with the arma. It was a, a trick. There is, a, there is an arma, there is a cleverness, a shrewdness in Kedusha, in holiness. But it's but the tzaddik like Yaakov you know, is always very very careful how and when that's used. That's not the general way that he behaves. Yaakov in general, the Torah defines as an ish tam. 
Pashat. The opposite. He used temporarily in Kedusha this Midah of Armumius of Arma because he had to fight against Esav. And with Esav, with the Rosh, he had to go with the Rishis in order to be able to beat him at his own game. But that's not the etzim of Yaakov Avinu. He was using it for that time. And we know many, many stories of tzaddikim that had to do that because of different situations with, when they were with, with, with Rishon. When they were with wicked people, evil people, that they had to use that midah of Esav. But that's not the person. The tzaddik can put on for a moment, he's able to wear that midah, but it's very painful for the tzaddik to do that. Yaakovina was very brokenhearted that he had to act that way. He didn't want to go in. He went, his mother told him, he went, he went because he had to go. Because his mother was telling him, from Shemai, they were telling him that he had to go in, but he was brokenhearted. That's what Rebbe Lager says, that the beautiful smell that came from Yaakovina, right? When he came in Vayarach, Ezreach Begoda, which Chazal tells was the smell of, of Ganeidim. So the label Ego says, like when you take a, a cinnamon stick and you break it, and the smell comes out even stronger, the beautiful smell. He says, Yaakov is the tzaddik, and when the tzaddik's heart is broken, it smells very good. And that's the, that was the fragrance that Yitzhak Yavin was saying, he smelled Gan Eden in the room, because the tzaddik's heart was broken. He was going and crying, that he had to use this meat of, of armor that's not him. But, it, but he didn't become that, he had to use that. And therefore, the Ayyad Hashem is very careful how and when he uses that Mida of cleverness. Even though the Chavaz Chaim Marshal was the embodiment of Pshitas and Tamimas, the Chavaz Chaim's whole Mechus was Tamimas. But when it came with the Mosquitoes and the Rishon, the Chavaz Chaim was as clever and as shrewd as they come. The, clever, the most clever person in the world when it came to dealing with the Rishayim how he dealt with them there are many stories like that even though you can't believe it's the same Chavetz Chaim that anybody that came to him any Yerushalayim would come to Chavetz Chaim he was the most poshity yid on earth the Chavetz Chaim everything about him was pshitis and tamimis Ramayisha Feinstein was like that too when it came to anything that was against Halacha Ramayisha was, was the sharpest and there was nothing there was no person who could defeat him in the cleverness and the shrewdness, and but when you but when you would talk to him and you would see him, he went with absolute pshitas. So it was put on and off like a coat, but it wasn't the person. Ulam. Therefore, gam im yesh tzarech lefamim l'shtamish b'midas apikhis. Even sometimes it's necessary to use cleverness and shrewdness. Hayisoid chayv lias bar biyisoid. Of a person, the essence of the person has to be clear. I'm only wearing this as a lavush, this shrewdness or cleverness or a little bit of deception, whatever that might be for the moment that's necessary. I'm wearing this as something, but it's not me. The essence of my soul, from the side of what it is, as created by Hashem, he had tamimis, tamimis. And that's the Nakud HaPnimis, the Emes, the Emes of the Neshama, of the soul. Shalhavayis Adam, the essence of the person. You know, there was the Tzaddik, you, know, you, know, you all know that, that, the, that there were many, many Jews, Yeshiva Barchim, and Tamanicham Rosh Yeshivas that were saved by going to Japan and then to China, to Shanghai. The mere Yeshiva, some of the most some of the most chashev, chashev, uh, who would become the biggest yeshivas of the generation were saved over there. It's a whole nice what happened. An unbelievable thing. They were there for years. I don't remember how many years. Seven years, I think. They were there for a long time. I don't remember. So, how this happened is itself a story, but the Amshnav Rebbe was there too. And the, the lit, it was mostly Litvish that were there, the, from the yeshiva. The Amshnava was there too, and the and of course he made he had a tishva, and all the all the yeshiva fellows were coming down. They all loved the Amshnava Rebbe. The Amshnava Rebbe 
was was famous for his tamimus, his pashtas, which we're talking, we're going to talk more about, and he was famous for his cleverness. The same person. So, just one story. Probably you heard of this. It's very famous that that the Japanese. The uh, this was when they were st- when they were in Japan. Still, I think they were they were becoming increasingly not anti-Semitic yet, but they were becoming more threatening to the Jews because the Germans were giving the Japanese a very hard time. Because the Germans weren't soivel, they're allies. So the Nazis in Machshavah were not soivel. How is it that the how is it that the, that the Japanese, their allies, are protecting Jews? How is it that they're keeping Jews over there? So there's a tremendous amount of pressure on the Japanese. This, this is before China on the Japanese that they should send the Jews back to Europe. Tremendous pressure, which would have meant their death. So. The Rosh Hashiva, the Rosh Hashiva, the Chaskel Levinstein, the Meshkiah from from the Mei Yeshiva, the Sadikim, Rabbi Chaim was there. Big Rosh Hashivas. They they had to decide. They had to have. A, they were having a meeting with the Japanese to try to somehow fix the situation, to appeal to the Japanese. And things were getting very bad. There was actually already a plan to put the Jews on a boat and send them back. And they decided that the one who would speak would be the Amshin of Rebbe. Even though he knew less German than, than the others, and it would be harder for him, but that he should be. He was very famous for his pikhis. He was clever. So they didn't know what he was going to say, but but when the when the, the, the first thing that the, the, the guy, the big guy over there from the Japanese asked, he asked the he asked the Amshnav, he asked, they were there, the Amshnav, the Rabbanim, the Shivas, and the Rebbe was there, and he asked, why do the Germans hate you so much? Why do the Germans hate Jews so much? That's what he asked. That's a good question. He wanted to understand, why do they hate you so much? So Amshnav Rebbe said on the spot, because we're not Aryans. Which, of course, the Japanese are also not Aryans. That's why he hates us, and and that Hitler, Hitler's going to destroy everybody who's not an Aryan in the end. All non-Aryans are going to be destroyed. And that was, and the, the Japanese guy is very misspelled from that, and, and, and he heard that. And, and all the Rosh Hashidahs, the Rabban, they were all amazed at, on the spot you know, to say such a thing when the whole life, the life of all of them was hanging on every word. And that same person was with Tmimus and Pashtas. But he, he was a pikeach, a shrewd person. But it wasn't, wasn't, when you met him, any Jew would talk to him, there was never ever who he was. It was a lavush that he put on and took off for when it was necessary. And there are many, many stories that Siddiquim like that. That's a lavush, right? You use it the right time in the right way. Garments that a person uses. Sometimes you have to, also, you have to be strong, even though you can be very, generally a person should be soft and gentle, but sometimes you have to be strong. It's a lavush. But the nishmas hachayim chayevish liyaz b'mahal shel tomim tiyah emeshem alakech. But the etzem nishmas achaim of a person has to be tomim tiyam Hashem lekech. Kvishes kanal el, as we saw earlier, the chapter before the last one, kechol shadam tomim. The more a person is tomim, the more he lives in accordance to the etzem of who he really is. Emes, poshit, and so on. Who yoser im Hashem lekech. The more tamim tia imashem alakecha. If you're tamim, the tzaddikim say, it means tamim tia imashem alakecha. The closer you are, and the more connected you are to Hashem. Okechol shu harachik me'atmimus, and the further a person is from tamimus, kachas hashol mahepa, then the further you are from God. The tamimus that a person is closest to Hashem. Tamim tia imashem alakecha. Im Hashem alakecha. 
And it doesn't mean that a person necessarily is a liar. We're not talking about the opposite that is a liar. He's not he's not partial with himself of who he is. He's not speaking and living in accordance to the etzim of who he is, as we learned earlier. In order for a person to achieve closeness to Hashem, and to be attached to his Creator, the Gemara says, the more poshit a person is, the more poshit his way of thinking is, the better it is. A straight soul without any coatings and coverings, without any embellishments, without any dressing up. He is who he is. Shlomel says that Hashem created each and every one of us Yasher, straight. But people, Hema Bikshu Cheshbainus are looking for all kinds of Cheshbainus. People look for Cheshbainus. The natural way of a person is Yosha. But over life, a person learns different Cheshbainus. Mitzat Teva Yitzira, Hashem made creation in that way. The flower is not pretending to be, is not pretending to be something else. The cat is not pretending to be a dog. Everything is what it is. Elokim also saw them Yasha. And so too, everything was created with that Yashas. Mitzat Teva Yitzhak Jabbar also saw them Yasha. Yeshba Yashas. Loi Oymar Pichas. The snake came with this Indian of Oymar and Pichas. Elokim also saw them Yasha. The natural state of creation is that everything is doing what it's supposed to do. Without any chachmas, without trying to give an impression, without trying to be something else other than what it really is. That's how the world was made. You know, the Karach was a great person. The one who made that big rebellion against Moshe and Aaron Akarin. Karach was a great person. He was a big, big tzaddik, Karach. We're not Masik, what kind of person he was. He was a great person. The Chazal say on him such a thing, that he was a pikeach, he was very clever. My role is to zoo. How could a person so clever may come to such a foolishness? That he came to a foolishness that what? Moshe Rabbeinu wants what? Moshe Rabbeinu has problems with his ego, Moshe Rabbeinu. The Torah says that Moshe Rabbeinu is the most humble person in the world. What was Karach thinking? How did he come to such a stus? What do you think he was going to, he was going to, he was going to, dethrone Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron when Hashem's Baruch put Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron into those positions and, and Karach thought what kind of a shtus is that so the Chazal say he's such a smart person but not smart Pikeach shrewd clever how do you how do you make such a mistake so Chazal say Eina Hitasai his eye he had he had very strong eyes and he saw in the future he was going to have a descendant Shmuel Hanavi Chazal say he had great tzaddikim that would come from him And that misled him. He got he 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 was taken by by his vision. But what Rav Shua says is that really the source of his downfall was that very same pikhus, the shrewdness. If he would have been pashit, if he had been pashit, he wouldn't have been fighting against Moshe Rabbeinu. He would bring a kvittel to Moshe Rabbeinu. He would bring he he, he would come to Moshe Rabbeinu for a bracha. He would come to Aaron and put his head down for Aaron to bench him. What caused what caused his downfall? His pikhus, the shrewdness. He had cheshbon. He had cheshbonus. Him a big shul cheshbonus rab. There's a there's a person that I I heard about recently. Upsetting news. Somebody that I was that I went to yeshiva with many years ago. I'm talking about over 30, 33, 34 years ago. I went to yeshiva with him. And and uh, and I heard that he's in jail. I heard he's in jail. And I can tell you that when we were growing up, he would have been voted most likely to be imprisoned. There wasn't a thing that he did in his life that was straight. It's so fuck everything. There wasn't a thing that came out from him straight. Everything was with a 
everything was refadrate. He went like a dreidelous hole when we were when we were growing up with teachers, with his parents. Remember we he didn't give a straight answer. Everything was always convoluted and there was it wasn't always an outright lie, but it was never just push it. There's always a dre. There's always just something. There was a cheshman. And he and, and then it wasn't like now they have a million scams, you know, uh, all these different things with internet things and all kinds of uh, you have a lot of these guys, you know, that they look into they can buy this ticket for this and to sell for that and you have in the airport all these yeshiva bachim standing around that don't really want to get onto the plane, they want to get bumped from the plane, you know. Yiddish Yiddish how to make money. So this guy, like when we were, when we were kids, he was always with some kind of a, an Indian cooking, like a scheme of how to rip somebody off, of how to make money. When it came to a test of how this test was, the, the teacher used to teach in Baltimore in that yeshiva, and to get in touch with some kid from Baltimore. If he would have spent a few minutes studying, he would have. He would, but no, he had to find out from Baltimore who had this teacher three years ago. Maybe the teacher gave the same test. Everything was with a dre. Nothing was straight. So now I heard he's in jail. He's been there already for two years. It's just, uh, I met an old friend of his, and he, just thought, he mentioned to me, you know, the so-and-so, so he's sitting over there. I said, that, that's, that's where he belongs. And I'm sorry that he's having a hard time, and he has a, his wife and family, but he's a, it's all with government things, with programs, lying, filling out papers. He had a, he had a cheshman. He had a cheshman. He's a very smart guy. And he had a cheshman. But he didn't have yashvas. He wasn't the way that the Rishlam made him. He went off somewhere. He was from. He was from. But crum. Crooked. And you could never put your finger on it exactly. It wasn't so partial to figure it out exactly. But it was never right. And I remember my father said to me. He rarely said to my father. He'd come to my house. He started to talk to my father like... He'd like talk to my father, and my father would say, don't bring that one over here anymore. I don't want him here. <laughs> my father said, I don't want that. What's the matter? Is that something? I don't my father didn't go for him. And I know why. My father is straight as they come. <clears throat> and this guy starts right away with Mr. Weinberg of this, and starts that, and very flowery. And he, he knew a few Hungarian words, and then he started to talk to my father with a few Hungarian words. And my father didn't go for the whole thing. Like the whole show, he didn't, he didn't go for this. No, we don't need this guy in the house. I'm not going to tell my father what happened to him. But, but that, that, that's how it is. Kairuch was a great person, but there was a Nakuda. We're not comparing Chaliva. Kairuch was a great person. But there was a Nakuda of cleverness, of shrewdness, of not being who the Bernishalim made him. And from there, Karach ended up in real trouble. Got into real trouble from his pichas. He was clever. And he convinced people. He's smart. And he was and he was a great person. And he was charismatic. And he got he got the oilam all worked up. Got the oilam all worked up. If he would have been Tamimis to be Makabal the oil. Of Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem's biggest navi is Moshe Rabbeinu. Everybody, everybody believed in Moshe. The Amin of Hashem for Moshe Avdai. Kairach had an Indian. Why was Moshe like this? Rav Lachem Benayleh. What are you trying to get? And who? Why do you make yourself into the head? And what kind of protection is this? He brother. What's going on over here? So he had a pictures, and he told, and he went and he spoke to Yidden about this. That what's what's with this Moshe Rabbeinu and the brother? They they became a malchus over here. What's going on over here? And he had a, he had svaras. He had good svaras. He was smart, and he got the people to hear. If he would have been to me, Mister is the Navi Hashem, and finished. That's the end of the story. Meishu Rabbeinu, so God Adairis, the greatest person that ever lived. If he would have been to me, Mister Gempajit, he would never have gotten lost in that whole pictures and his shrewdness and his cleverness and his chesbainus. To make this thing against Moshe Rabbeinu. Kichal Adam If a person is unworthy, if a person is not worthy, he's not careful, 
He could fall into that second part of the Pasuk instead of living with the first part of Helikim Osa Sodom Yosha that Hashem made a person straight. A person can fall into a life of Hema Bikshu, Cheshbainus Rabbim. Cheshbainus Rabbim. Many Cheshbainus. Vumisrachek Mehayashvis Vatminus. And he gets further and further away from Yashvis and from Tminus. Habalshemtiv his bate. Shlacha kola hasagishu hisuk before he died. Habalshemtiv said that with all of the hasagis, with all of the great, unbelievable levels that he reached, and he understood. That we, that we can't ever, ever in a, in a million life, lifetimes figure out, understand what the Baal Shantav HaKadosh reached. And his asagas were not, were not small, were not few. But the Baal Shantav said before he died, The Iker Madrega Baal Shantav said that he achieved in his life was Emuna, belief. So all of us would say, that's it, Emuna? That's, that's your greatest achievement, the Balshamtav, who knew everything and, and was able to understand animals talking. And was able to, and was able to find tikkunun from the shamas that were in the leaves of the trees. And when he walked in the field, every, the blades of grass were reaching out to go near to him, to move over to him. The animals would come next to him to find the tikkun for the gilgulim and the shamas. And the biggest thing the Balshamtav HaKadosh had, said he had in his life was Emunah. Tzadik to live with Emunah. That was his accomplishment. Emunah. It's because we're missing so much of that that davening is the hardest thing. Because the sherish of tefillah is emunah and tamimus and pashas. That's why we'd rather read a hundred perushim on, on the tefillah than to daven. It's much easier to read a good pshat and hear an interesting shir on davening than to daven. To go to an hour shir on davening, you could enjoy it very much, but try davening for now without stopping or without getting, getting lost. Go to a shir first, can listen to a shir. Be very excited, listen, enjoy it. But to daven. Davening needs a moon. Davening is pshitas, tamimas. That's where davening comes from. A child talking to his father. The nochash bainas, a little kid. The little kid is pashit. He doesn't have crookedness and shrewdness and cleverness. He's a little child. He says pashit. That's where davening comes from. Pshitas, tamimas. That's why davening now is hard. It's so hard. Our Zaydis and Bobby said the meat of pshitas and tamimas was very strong. By the, by the by the Zaydis and the Babis, and and therefore by them davening was like was the was the was the air that they breathed was davening, but in our generation the Chachmas and the Cheshbonis Rabbim and the Pichas and the Chachmas and so on, all makes it hard to daven. The the oil of davening, the fuel of davening is Tmimus and the Munapshuta. The Gemara has an interesting sentence. Lama taken Rosh Hashanah. Why why do we blow the shayf in Rosh Hashanah? Now usually the Gemara when the Gemara asks a question like that. Usually when the Gemara goes asks a question like that, the Gemara continues with providing a source. In other words, the Gemara is asking, like many times the Gemara will ask, where where in the Torah does it tell us we have to do this mitzvah that mitzvah? And then the Gemara will go into that source questions and answers. Here by Shoifer, it's a fascinating thing. Why is this just by Shoifer? The Shromakadosh will talk a lot about it. But by, by, by Shoifer, the Gemara asks, Lama taken Rosh Hashanah. Why do you blow the Shoifer in Rosh Hashanah? What's the reason for blowing the Shoifer? So the Gemara's answer is fascinating. The Gemara says, Lama taken, Rachmana Omar, Tiku. You know why you blow the Shoifer? Because the Torah says you have to blow the Shoifer. That's the Gemara's answer. Doesn't bring psukim. Doesn't bring the deeper reasons. Whatever happened with Avram Avinu about the Akeda, with the animal, with the horn, or Chreis was from uh, Adam Arishan was created on the first day, and Hashem blew into him a breath of life, so we breathe, we blow the shot. Doesn't go into any of them. The Gemara's later on. The Gemara talks about that, but the Gemara's answer is why well, you want to know why blow the shayva? Because the because the Torah says. To blow the shayfa. Many many years ago, 
you know, I was I was just starting to to teach a little bit, and there was a there was an organization in Colombia. To talking, this is a this is a long time ago, and there was an organization there like that like that wasn't Hillel, but something like that for stu- for Jewish students, and I was I was at that time maybe maybe 21 or 22. And I was asked to give a Shia to the Jewish students there on the subject of kashas. You know, kashas is the hardest thing to talk to non-religious people about kashas. Why is it so hard? Because we don't really know. We don't really know why. We don't really know why. There are a lot of interesting things, but we don't really know why. So I, so I was preparing. I was new at this whole thing. I was so nervous, and and I and, and I prepared this. The rabbi, Rabshashval Hirsch and Marals and Sves Embassies and I was working at this and getting it ready to, to give to the students there. And then and, and it started off in the in the building, the student union building, but then we had to leave because we were in the park and uh, no it wasn't Columbia, it was NYU. And we were in the park over there, Washington Square, in the park and then people were coming and we were talking with the guys. It was it was it was very and I'm saying this whole thing. And uh, and and the island there was very it was very interested. There was this one guy. There were people that weren't even Jews because they just stopped joining. But the, but that's how it was. It wasn't. There was no door. So there was one. There was one uh, boy there who was probably only two years two years or, uh, younger than me. But this this guy was like an action. You know, anything that I said, he was like making faces. You know, and like knocking down, and he was like saying stuff. It was like one. You know, he was like. He, he wasn't going for it. So, so he, you know, he asked again, like uh, this, and he tried, like in a way to make fun. And I, and I said to him, so I, which was to all the people, I think I would never do this now. I don't think I would do it now. But I said, I said, um, you want to know really? You really want to know? He goes, why, why you can't eat not kosher? So he said, yeah. Well, I don't go for any stuff. Like he didn't like the morale and the, he didn't like any of that stuff. Barbanel, Rambam, he didn't go for that. Mm-hmm. So I said the real reason is because if you're, you're Jewish and you can eat that, you're gonna die. <laughs> That's what I said. You're gonna die. He said what? I said you're gonna die. He said what are you talking about? I eat that all the time. I'm not dying. He said you're dying. I said you sure are dying. And, and I ran and I started talking about what it means to die. And 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 you know what? Afterwards, I was walking with him. He was a very smart guy. He was a nice guy, too. It was just a... He had a thing, you know. And, and, and uh, I was talking to him. He heard that. He didn't hear the Barbanel. He didn't hear the Rambam. He didn't hear the Maral or of Hirsch. But he heard that. Because inside of me, of course, I believe in that. Not that a person is going to drop dead. But that you're killing yourself by eating tariffs. A Jew that eats tariffs is killing himself. He's killing his sensitivity to holiness, which is what I was talking to him about. I said... And it, 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 you're becoming insensitive to who you are. You're a Jew. You can't even listen to somebody stand up and talk about Yiddishkeit. What's wrong with you? Because he was telling me that his grandfather lived in Williamsburg and he was a tzaddik or something. I said, no. So what's wrong with you? I mean, I don't know what became afterwards, but, but the conversation that I had with him, was he going to die? It was it. That's really what I was thinking. All the other stuff was to make like, uh, to make fancy for a Shia. But the Pashtas was that you Jews, you have to eat kosher. You know why? Because the Torah says you have to eat kosher. That was enough, by the way, for our grandparents and great-grandparents. They didn't have to have all the shiurim. And they had an easier time keeping the mitzvahs than we have, even though we all have iPods with 5,000 shiurim. Our grandparents had an easier time with Torah and mitzvahs than we do. They didn't learn all this stuff. How many of your grandmothers went to seminary in Yerushalayim? No? Maybe your mothers also didn't, probably. Maybe some of you are young enough that maybe mothers went, but mostly. Grandmothers for sure didn't go to any seminary. Many of them probably went to public school someplace in New Jersey, something like that. Or maybe if they were lucky, they went to a yeshiva to school. I think. But mitzvahs, mitzvahs especially even the ones that before America, not from America, Pashtas and Tamimis, they weren't clever when it came to Yiddishkeit. So the Gemara asks, why do you blow the shayfa? So the Gemara says that the Torah says to blow the shayfa. Why this is by a shayfa? 
must have to do with Rosh Hashanah, of course, in Kabbalah, so Rosh Hashanah had to begin. Rosh Hashanah is the beginning. So the beginning of one's Yiddishkeit is Rachman Amar, the Torah says. That's it. You don't need any other reason. The other reasons are interesting, but you don't need them. Like the Balsam Torah said that we say in Ein you begin by saying, you want to talk about Hashem, you can talk about Hashem, but first you begin by saying, Ein Kelokeinu. There's nothing like Hashem. I believe in that. Then you could start to ask, Mi Kelokeinu, Mi Kadineinu. But you have to first ask, you have to first say, Ein Kelokeinu, Ein Kadineinu. And then, then you want to understand more, Gesundheit. Shaifa, the first thing is, Torah says, blow. Why? How? What? Yeah, you could talk about that afterwards. But the reason that we blow, the reason that we blow the Shaifa Rosh is because the Torah says to blow the Shaifa. It's the same thing when it comes to everything else in our Yiddishkeit. You could find a million nice explanations and nice reasons, but the reason, the reason that a Jew does what it says in the Shulchan Aruch is because the Torah says that. That's Pshitas. That's without any Chachmas, without any cleverness. You're allowed to watch it, you're allowed to watch the television if it's like this and if it's like that, and because I'll be the Rambam, that's not considered seeing something because it's not live, it's behind the glass. And maybe it's like this, and maybe it's like that, and it's all fakrumt. And the guy only wants to be able to make up a whole lambda so he could sit and watch the prettiest girl on the television, and that's the end of the story. Fakrumt. Or crooked. But it'll be a lambda. The terrorist says don't do that. The terrorist says not to watch television. The terrorist says you can't watch such a thing. The terrorist says you can't, you can't look at these things. Yeah, but what do you mean? But what if it's educational? The Torah says you can't do these things. You want to then go into Lambdas afterwards? Then you ask a Shiloh. Ask a Shiloh. But Hema Bishach is Ben Shab. Halakim Asa Sadam Yasha. Chavs Chaim sits. You put the television in front of Chavs Chaim, you turn it on, Chavs Chaim, go, whoa. You would never do that because you know inside of you can't put a television in front of Chavs Chaim. But we can put it because have all Chishbainas. This is educational. This is for this. This is for that. With a computer, this is my job. And it's like that. All different. All different chesboinus, not pashtas, not tamimus. And you can't even talk about this beravim. It's possible to talk about more in a smaller chera. But if you talk about it like in a regular thing, you know, in front of people like in the, in the, in the shul or something, well, here I, I'm, I'm not afraid to talk about, I know about these things. But if you go and you start talking about these things, you get everybody start getting angry at you and what you're talking about. And you, you're, not, you're not with it, you're not in the world, you're not... Uh, whatever happened to the uh, Torah and Derecheretz and Torah Mada, yeah, your Torah Mada, Torah Derecheretz. That's why you watch that uh, television show because of Torah Derecheretz. That's not Pasha, do you understand? No Pshitis, no Tmimis, it's Cheshbainis. That's why you watch the television. That's why you're part of the world. That's why you go to college because you want to serve the Varnish Give me a break. Because you're serving the Varnish by going to college. I'm not saying against the college. I'm not saying that as a the person's honest, and they need for a career. I'm not talking, I'm talking about if someone's playing that game. It's not tamimus. The Torah says, don't do certain things, you don't do it. Whatever the Torah says, you can do it, you do it, and you ask how to do it. What? The Torah says, don't do it, you don't do it. That's what the Gemara is saying. Why do you blow the shirt? Because the Torah says to blow the shirt. That's tamimus. That's Pashtas. Someone says, when someone says, I'll, I'll dress properly, I'll dress properly if I understand why. That's the snake. But you can ask, boy, is there anything wrong in understanding? No. Hey, the Torah wants us to learn. But first you makabal what Moshe Benu said, what the Torah says. And you're a yid. And you accept it. No pikchis. You want to be smart? First you makabal al The Torah says to live this way. This is how I live. Tmimus, pashtus, no chachmas, no games, no drake cup. Afterwards you want to learn this. So you want to learn about it? Because that's the, the Baruch Shalom wants to He's not... He's not nervous. The Baruch Shalom is not nervous. He's very, he has no insecurity things. The Baruch Shalom is very confident with his tire. You want to learn? Learn. And you should learn. But, the, but first, the Baruch Shalom says, Let's just finish. What does it mean? In everything that we do in life, you have to make a poshit cheshben. A simple cheshben. Poshit here means, psitas. Tamimus is what? Hu cheshben echadolvad. One cheshben. What does Hashem want? You could tell somebody else that, that, that he wants you to watch that thing on the computer or on the television. You could, you could maybe sell that to somebody else, maybe even to some, to some rabbi or something. But, if you, but inside of you, if there's a drop of straightness in you, and you ask that question, What does the Baruch Hashem want? 
He doesn't want all your Drake cup and all your explanations and cheshbonus. How much you understand this and this is why it's like this and you hold this like this and it's not like that. Like the Navi says, what does Hashem want from me? That's Pshitas. That is the only Cheshman that a Jew should ever live with in this world. What does HaKadosh Baruch Hu want? That's Pshitas and that's Tvinas. Okay, we'll continue with Hashem.